Hello, and welcome back to the Rose Rambles. This is a podcast where I, Angel Rose, do in fact ramble. I ramble on topics I find really fascinating with people who I find really interesting. So grab yourself a hot cup of coffee or your favorite glass of wine, and let's get rambling. Hey! Hi! Zoe, I'm so stoked to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. I found you on TikTok, which is where I find all of my favorite people. Oh. And there's such a cool group of, first of all, women in Canada right now on TikTok and plus Mm -hmm. size women in Canada on TikTok. Yeah, we're taking over. (laughs) We're fucking killing it on there. And I'm finding like all of my favorite creators, all of the funniest people I've essentially ever seen and all my future best friends. And I saw your content. I followed you right away and sent you a message like, I need to hear more from this woman. So I'm so stoked you're here. Fangirling mildly. (laughs) so I kind of want to hear from you about you tell us who is Zoe and what you're all about and what you've been up to sure um so I joined TikTok last year at the beginning of quarantine which I think was the case for a lot of people yes (laughs) um and then I just I just got so excited and I loved everything about it but I didn't make content and I didn't make content until December of last year so I was almost on there for a full year before actually creating anything um it was really intimidating the idea of making a 60 second or less video and getting everything that I needed to say out in that time point right (laughs) so I just never did until December and I just I became addicted so (laughs) um my niche kind of found me (laughs) which I think is the case for a lot of people um so I love to speak about um, self-confidence, self-growth. It's something that I've been working on um, for myself in my own time. Um, But once I started bringing it to the TikTok world, I learned that there are so many other women like myself and mothers like myself who are in this same predicament, um, trying to navigate um, not just loving their own body, but loving a new body as well. So... I, um, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it and I've like built this amazing community of mostly women, which I'm really happy about, (laughs) Um, no offense guys, but my space is for the gals. (laughs) Um, but yeah, and I've just been really enjoying it. I love it so much. I, it took me a long time to be brave enough on TikTok too, especially, um, like posting something full body or my outfit. It wasn't until women like you started coming forward and doing it that I was Mm -hmm. like, why is everyone so cute? Like, why do I see myself who's such a similar size and just think like, don't you dare put the dress on and they all look amazing. And so I kind of had to like really take a look at myself and why I was like punishing myself when I'm celebrating all these other women who look so similar to me. So I think- Isn't that that a weird thing? Oh oh my God. It, I never (laughs) noticed that representation was so important until then until I realized that I was like making myself small and not including myself because of something that I'm like super stoked for other women to do. It makes no sense. It's the weirdest thing. It is. And I think that I would love to talk more about the changing body aspect, because I think that it's something that almost any woman can identify with in some way, whether you're plus size, straight size, mid size, whatever. Because Mm -hmm. at some point we all have changes. 
And it's true. <laughs> whether it's like puberty or whether you just got really tall really quickly or whatever it is, or then you get pregnant and you have children or you're aging, right? And with age, your body changes on its own, even without adding all that other stuff. And so I think it's important to like open up the conversation on like loving your body through change. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Absolutely. And also loving your body. We can probably speak directly to motherhood because that's kind of the season we're in Mm -hmm. trying to like love yourself and be okay with yourself while also trying to parent and survive motherhood is like, (laughs) how, how is it possible? I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe I'll figure it out after this, but when was (laughs) right? When was the first time that you noticed your body was changing during pregnancy and maybe like run us through how you felt? Um, so both of my pregnancies were very different experiences. Um, Exactly. And I don't know if it had to do with the fact that I was different ages, different, you know, weights to begin with. That's another factor. And then also, I mean, I was pregnant with my daughter and then I was pregnant with my son and I've heard different opinions about carrying, um, you know, a male versus a female sex. Like that's something that I didn't even realize. Um, but yeah, when I, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was younger, obviously she's my firstborn. Um, and I was heavier to begin with. And I remember getting pregnant and being the first thing that I thought of was, Oh my God, like it's common for you to gain a ton of weight, like this, that, and another, like I was just, I was so paranoid about putting on more weight when I was already a plus size woman. Um, and I was already overweight and I, that's, that's all I could think about. Like I was so concerned my entire pregnancy that I didn't even get to enjoy it pretty much. Um, and it was so funny because with my daughter, I ended up gaining 11 pounds total. (laughs) 11 pounds. That's it. Literally just her. Like that's- <laughs> Literally, literally just her. And, but that's all I could think about my entire pregnancy was, am I going to gain a ton of weight? Am I not going to be able to lose it? And this and that, and this and that. And it was just, that's all I could focus on. And it was so damaging. And I had high blood pressure through my entire pregnancy. Um, it was just, it was really hard for me to enjoy it. I didn't get maternity photos done. I didn't do those cute, like bump selfies and things like that, because I didn't feel like I deserved to enjoy it. If that makes any sense. It makes so um, sense. And I, I feel really sad for me then, because I wish that I could go back and like, say to myself, like, this is your first pregnancy and you're missing out on so many things because you're, you're scared and you're, you don't feel you deserve it. Um, which was hard, (laughs) but then with the, with Theo, I actually started off my pregnancy significantly lighter, um, than I was with Marlo by, I think like, I don't know how many pounds, but it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't like 10 or 15 pounds. Like, I think it was probably, 30 to 40 pounds lighter than I was started with Marlo and I ended up gaining oh my right gaining okay. at least 40 pounds with him and I'm actually at my heaviest adult weight now and that's after baby and I'm I'm the happiest I've been in my body which is the weirdest thing and I enjoyed my pregnancy and I ate the food 
<laughs> and I took the bump pictures and I wore the tight fitting clothes and I didn't care. And I, I, I of course had bad body image days. We all have that, but that was, I think the really big key starting point to me starting this um, journey of self-love and self-growth is being able to actually um, grow my son and not be ashamed of my body changing. Right. So mm-hmm. I just got really emotional when you told your first pregnancy story, because oh. it makes me so sad that women have to feel like this about their bodies, right? Like you're going through something so transformational and beautiful, like literally bringing a human to this planet. And we're thinking like, I better not tip the scales. I better be careful. I better not, I better not show off my body right now. I better not act too happy about this. Cause what if I get too big? And it's just so shitty, right. That we're like, when you said you didn't take the pictures, I didn't take the pictures either. Almost all three of them. I never got the pretty maternity pictures. All my friends did it. And I feel so sad about it too. Thinking like, I was so cute. And I brought the three most perfect children into this world. Why was I not celebrating myself? Like throwing myself it's, a fucking party for doing that. I know it's right. I know not just once, but three times, <laughs> like one time too many for sure. I'll tell you that much. No, <laughs> you should have a whole album of maternity photos. Oh my, I should have a gallery. A hundred percent a room dedicated to it. Yeah. So I just, I really resonated with that. I started off, I was young. My first pregnancy too, I was like 25 and mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't a small person, but I was like significantly smaller than I am now. And I had a lot of issues with sickness. So I lost 40 pounds during my pregnancy. Wow. Right. So that was a non-issue for me. It was postpartum body. That was always so hard to grasp. Like the fact that like now my skin was jiggly and now mm-hmm. my body was still large, but I couldn't just be like, well, look at my cute belly in the front. It was just, <laughs> it wasn't that cute to oh, me anymore, that tra- right? That transition is the hardest transition. So hard. And like my youngest is almost three and I'm still kind of dealing with that. I'm still always feeling like, oh, like why, why yeah. am I so jiggle? And I try <laughs> to remind myself like, it's okay to be in this phase and it's okay if you're jiggly forever. I love that you just said, I've never loved myself more. That's where I'm working towards. And I'm definitely like on my way there, but it's important to hear from women in larger bodies that we don't hate ourselves, Mm -hmm. that we're not crying ourselves to sleep, that we're not punishing ourselves every day. Like it's okay to love yourself regardless of where you're at weight wise. Exactly. Even if you're on a weight loss journey or trying to do something to you know, if it's health related, I think that there's an important factor with, um, making sure that you're embracing and being kind to yourself in its current state, because if you're waiting until a finished product, it's not, I feel like you're never going to have that satisfaction when you get there. Right. Um, cause I've done it. I've done the weight loss journey many a times I've done the, you know, the different diets, the different, and I was, thinner and I was not happy because there's never, there's never a stopping point. That's the problem is, is with the way society, um, the way it advertises the perfect image, the perfect woman's body is no matter where, how, no matter how much you've lost, you're never going to achieve what they're expecting out of you. 
Right. Like there's always a little more you could do. Exactly. And it's just so interesting because I mean, if you would have told me in that body at that time that I would be significantly heavier with a completely different body shape than I ever thought that I would have. Um, and I, I was, I would be happier in this body than I am in my body. How many pounds ago? I, I wouldn't have believed you <laughs> would have been like, but why? <laughs> That's amazing though. Yeah. I am yeah. so interested in like kind of learning a bit about the moments where you realize like, no, I'm going to start advocating for myself and other people who look similarly to me. And I'm going to mm-hmm. start waking up every day and fucking showing up for myself and telling myself mm-hmm. that I'm worthy of being seen. Like, I would love to hear when you kind of woke up and thought like, frick this, like <laughs> I'm putting on the dress, I'm putting on the <laughs> shoes and I'm getting out of here. Um, so there was never really a solid, significant moment for me, but I do think that when I became pregnant with my son was the beginning, um, of that journey. And I feel like each season of this journey has had a different aha moment for me, if that makes any sense. So like the starting point was definitely getting pregnant with Theo because I had such a horrible, like low confidence experience being pregnant with Marlo. So I knew that I wanted to make that better. So that's how I started was I just started enjoying my pregnancy, enjoying the food, not being ashamed of my body, even if it was lumpy and bumpy. And I, you know, I wore the tight fitting clothes. I didn't care. Um, and then after I gave birth, um, there was definitely a a bit of a roller coaster of emotions and feelings because I had gained so much weight with Theo. I thought in my brain, the first thing that I thought was, okay, now it's time to lose all this weight. So that's, I gave birth and then I immediately jumped into a diet. And that's like the, the saddest thing that that's what society expects women to do is they, you know, they spend almost a full year of their life growing a human. And then they're expected to not only drop the weight immediately, but then, you know, not even focus on the fact that they just shot a baby out there. Right. Like, just have a little downtime, please, you know? Oh my God. But that's it. That's in my head. I was like, okay, that was great. I enjoyed my pregnancy. I ate the food. I had the fun. I gained the weight. I loved myself. And then I thought, okay, it's done. Now it's time to go back to reality. And I think that that was the starting point of me realizing that something wasn't right. Like that something in the way society is pushing things onto us, something doesn't sit right um, with me. So I started, so I, I mean, I did it. I did the weight loss. I did that. I was about 10 or 15 pounds away from my pre-pregnancy weight. And then I just, I, I had horrible postpartum depression Um, I still do, but I'm thankfully able to focus on, you know, I I got help. I got medication. I'm doing significantly better than what I was. Um, But I pretty much gained all that weight back on really quickly. And I was just miserable. And also I had seasonal depression. I was in the middle of winter with COVID, with everything else. It was just like the weight was like literally like not even, you know, like it was pouring on top of me and I was, I was miserable. So I think that's when I really started posting to TikTok and just trying to find an outlet where I could speak to other people like myself, other women, you know, and just be able to say, Hey, like I'm here. 
what, what can I do? (laughs) Like, what can I do? And I was able to then follow and like learn from all of the amazing um, people on TikTok that just led the way. Because like you said, in the beginning, the amount of people who I look at on a daily basis that have a similar body type to mine, that I look at them and I'm like, they're gorgeous. Like they're beautiful. Like I don't, I don't have any negative thoughts to say about them. Why can't I say that about myself? Like, what is it that's stopping that? And I think that a big part of it was the fact that growing up, I mean, I think we're around the same age. We didn't have that to see, to witness, to experience, other than maybe our own mothers or aunts or, you know, grandparents. The media didn't put that in our face at all. So we never were shown that this can be beautiful, that this is something that's desired. We just thought this isn't something that people want. When in reality, that is like, that is the majority and the, the most of women that I see on a daily basis look similar to me. Or even if they don't look exactly like me, they definitely don't look like what the media was showing us. So I think that that's once I started seeing on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, I follow a a few like body positive creators on YouTube as well. Once I started seeing these other creators who look like me and I found beautiful and I enjoyed, you know, not just watching their content for what they were, but also because they were gorgeous people, I then learned that that's something that I can do for myself. And that's something that I can, I can grow to do. I find it so interesting that we are similar in that way, that it took seeing people and realizing like, these women are hot. Like, what am I doing to myself? Like, why don't I put that skirt on? Look how good it, like I ordered almost everything I ever saw cut cake, like Sarah Dickey (laughs) buy. Uh like the first like five months I followed her I was like okay where did she say that was I'm buying that because it was the first time that I saw a woman close to my size dressed so stylishly like you just said we're a similar age I'm 31 I think you're 30 um I'm turning 31 next week oh my god look at us yeah um just a couple of gals (laughs) I yeah I, I think that when I was a kid I remember being like I don't know maybe 13 to 15 and the only plus size person I actually remember, like other than Oprah, <laughs> yes, yeah. on TV was like, uh, I talked about this in another episode uh, on Gilmore Girls, Suki. Oh yeah, Melissa McCarthy. And they made her dress in these crazy bright colors and weird ponchos every episode because she had to yeah. be so, you know, she had to be kooky and eclectic because she's a plus size oh, lady. And I was so disappointed especially seeing her career evolve now and how she's one of the most stunning women on this planet and has the best like humor and personality and how they just kind of made her look frumpy for no Mm -hmm. reason and that was like our representation and Oprah talked about every three episodes how she was trying to get thinner constantly that's all I can remember like remember about Oprah is like seeing her on the TV because my grandmother was obsessed with her. So every time I would come home from school, Oprah would be on. And I just remember seeing this beautiful woman on this television. And every time I saw her, she was a different weight. 
and it was like mm. up down up down up down and she was constantly talking about it in her magazine like the slimming world and weight watchers and this that this that and I'm like can we just <laughs> that's all that's all I knew that's all right. I knew was that it was a constant battle and it was a constant situation for her dieting that's it that's all I remember so interesting because she's so intelligent so like insanely well-spoken so poised and she was made to feel her whole career like she should be focused on being thinner right like it just goes to show how fat phobia how fat phobic like the 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 real world is especially at that time and like I had plus-size people in my family and I don't know what your experience was but my mother her weight fluctuated a lot from plus size Mm -hmm. to mid to straight she was kind of all over the place because of the 90s and crash dieting and all of these things that she was constantly putting herself through but I remember being 13 and my mom being like do you want to do Adkins with me Mm. and we now know that the man who made Adkins died from starvation. So I don't think it was the right call for anybody to be on that diet. I remember being 13, 14 and just like eating pork rinds, dude. Like how sad is that? Like, I didn't even like meat. I became a vegan after that because it was so traumatizing to have to eat so much protein and so many unnatural kid foods, right? Like what kids like, yeah, shoot me a pork chop and a bag of pork rinds and I'm good for the day. Like that's weird. No. And I don't, (laughs) I don't fault my mom for it because I, I think that society is just telling her like your daughter has your genes and she is She's okay right now, but she could get big like you, like teach her how to cut the carbs and count the calories and be careful. I remember like almost unconsciously eating cookies one time and her being like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like (laughs) I blacked out eating cookies. I don't remember getting in this closet, but it's just because I was hungry and I was craving foods. And for me, my journey to self-love really kind of enlightened for me. Uh, on top of seeing like women show up for themselves, when I realized I had kids, I had daughters Mm -hmm. and my oldest daughter's almost five. And I was saying things like, Oh, mommy ate too much. I, I don't like the way my belly looks or like, Oh my God, I'm so bloated. Oh. And she'd say, what do you mean bloated mama? What's that? And then I realized, yeah, she's listening. They're like little sponges. And I remember hearing my mom talk about herself and it was never kind. And I hated mm-hmm. my body from probably 13 onwards because I was kind of raised to dislike my body. And mm-hmm. I just want my kids to feel so safe and comfortable and happy in their bodies, regardless of what it looks like. Right. And so yes. for me, that's when it really turned around for me. I was like, okay, you need to shut up, like keep these thoughts in your head. If you're going to have them and practice looking in the mirror with your kids and saying, I look good today. I mm-hmm. like my hair. I like the way my eyes look. And we just do that. We stand in the mirror now and I say, I am beautiful. And my little girls go, I am beautiful. (laughs) And it Mm, makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like I'm kind of laying the footwork for them to be okay in ways that Mm -hmm. I wasn't. Maybe I still am not because I'm still healing from all of that. I was going to say, and you're helping heal yourself as well in the process. Right. Yeah, it's, it's so important. And I think that when you do have children, especially daughters, Mm -hmm. um, because there's just that stigma from a young age to have that, you know, 
perfect female body. Um, and it's, it's going to be that way, unfortunately, I think for the next little while, I don't think that we're as a society ready to be just, you know, okay with the fat body, but I think we're getting closer. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but I think each day we're getting closer and closer. And the more we talk about it and the more we take away any stigma or any, you know, negativity that goes to the word fat, like, I think that we're getting better at it, but I I think that it's still going to be there. But the more you show your children, your, your daughters, you know, that you're okay with yourself and that you love yourself, um, the more that they're going to say that it's okay for them, but also the more you're going to realize it's okay for you too. (laughs) Because I know that sometimes when I say things about myself, um, like you, I had to be very careful about the things I said for the longest time when I was dieting, I would literally like make my family a meal and I would make myself something completely different because I was on a certain diet and my daughter would always kind of, she would notice, you know, she's not, she's not oblivious. And she'd say, Oh, try some of this or have some of this. And I'm like, Oh, mommy can't. And in reality, that's just the most silly thing. And I regret Mm -hmm. doing it. But I think that the more we bring um, just awareness to how dangerous that mindset can be for not only ourselves, but for our children, um, the better it's going to be, I think. Well, conversation is so important, because until you just said mommy can't have that, I didn't realize how often I said that. Right? How often, like I was doing some sort of thing to lose the weight and said like they were like you don't want pizza mama and I was like no mommy can't have pizza and I didn't it clicked for me when you said that I was like holy shit what do you think right? that means to them like why can't mommy have pizza what does that mean they don't know they don't get it they we don't explain why and thank god we don't explain oh my why because yeah that 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 would even it's not even about like you know <laughs> look I don't even know at what point do you just like I can't believe I did that. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I got that out of the way when she was younger, because now that she's even more aware of things going on, like she's four and a half and she's like fully aware of everything around her. She's very intelligent. And I know that if that would have happened now, she would have, she would have looked at that as that would have been a learning moment for her. Right. When I become a mommy, I can't eat pizza. When I become a mommy, I can't have ice cream for dessert. I can't have seconds. I can't have French fries. Like that's, that's, yeah, it's just right? so scary. And they get to yeah. the age too. Like my son is six and I know that soon he would start to realize if I was keeping up this behavior, like, okay, so like mama's in a bigger body and that's why she never eats the same food as us. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. children are so intelligent. And like you just said, like from such a young age, they're picking up on these things and they're thinking like, okay so like essentially mom's in trouble because of the way she looks mm-hmm. therefore it's not okay to look that way and so if I look like that then I'm gonna have to be in trouble and I won't get pizza either and so without even noticing it and I know like my mother didn't intentionally do this but it's so no. crazy how much damage we're inflicting on self-esteem like we're making our entire worth and beauty revolve around solely being a certain size It is. Yeah, it is. And that's just what we know. And like you said, you don't hold anything against your mother because that's what she knew. And I think that when we ourselves are unlearning that for so many years, that's 
been pushed down our throats and that's what we've we've absorbed and we've learned for how many years so we're not only unlearning that for ourselves and our own bodies but then we have to teach it to the next generation and that's a big feat like that's that's going to be a challenge in itself especially when there's so many people in the world who's just not ready to hear that exactly yeah and so like when you shared a bit about being in the thick of being postpartum, having a baby, forcing yourself to extreme diet and kick weight that you thought you should lose immediately because obviously society tells us to bounce back, whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. Whoever says bounce back, I swear has never had a child because no, they have. <laughs> what are they bouncing <laughs> off of? Because I was never sleeping. I literally was a cow like I was just constantly feeding Mm -hmm. someone from my chest I didn't even have five minutes to like take a shower so like when are we getting the workout in dudes because I don't even understand when I'm supposed to like eat a full meal that wasn't something my toddler just put beside me and decided they didn't want right so I think if you've ever been an actual mother you don't believe in bouncing back no (laughs) no No, definitely not (laughs) and so you're in the thick of it you're working your butt off, you're losing the weight. And then isn't it interesting that life catches up with you and mental health catches up. There's like this funny sound on TikTok. It's like, what is this? The consequences of my own actions. Literally. You just forget (laughs) about yourself completely. It sounds like you weren't nurturing yourself as a new mom or anything. You were just like, let's do this diet time. And then postpartum catches up with you. Mental health catches up with you. And then you're just left in the fucking thick of it. Right. And it's like, what did I do that for? I, what was the point? I lost, I lost like two months of my newborn son's life that I was so focused on, um, being a certain image that I felt I needed to get back to that. I didn't focus on things like, you know, him learning how to sleep and eat and, um, exist (laughs) as a baby. Um, I was just in such a mindset that, okay, great. I had this baby time to get back into action, to, to lose the weight and to focus on being that person that I was a year ago, two years ago. And I missed the first two months of my child's life because I was so worried that I wasn't where I needed to be, um, as a mom and as a, as a, as a woman, as a female. Right. Yeah. Weight loss is so not even just weight loss. I think like disliking yourself is so all consuming. Yes. Moments where I've really, really not liked myself. I have a hard time really doing anything other than not liking myself. If that makes sense. No, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's the biggest weight you can, you can carry is, um, self-hatred and, um, and I, I feel for anyone who's, who's experiencing that, even if it's just temporarily, like if you're having a bad day, I know that when you're having a bad self-confidence day, it, t- it, that it takes over, it takes over your entire day. And that's the only thing that you're going to be able to focus on. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you got your self taken care of. You took time to like fix the mama because yeah. we all know <laughs> we can't be pouring from empty cups. Right. And like you could have just continued that you could have just self-sabotaged yourself. And I think it speaks a lot to you as a person to have woken up and been like, I need help here. Like I, I really got myself in a hole and I need to get out. 
it's 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 such a weird moment when you realize what's happening and I think that um it's still ongoing like I I definitely won't say that I'm 100% there yet and I know that it's going to take time um even just my relationship with food is ever growing and, and I'm learning how to to get out of disordered eating that I've been you know experiencing my entire life especially my entire adult life um but I think that um being able to have people like you in my life that I'm learning from not only just um doing and experiencing but also I'm having amazing people like you reach out and saying like hey I see your content it's helping me that in itself helps me more (laughs) oh I'm so glad Um, yes and I just I just want this big group ball of all of us to be happy and healthy and love everyone else and ourselves (laughs) right like like let's just bake a cake of rainbows and smiles and all eat and be happy (laughs) we're all just gonna throw ourselves into the batter and just cook ourselves into happiness can we (laughs) I think it's so interesting because up until I started this podcast I was petrified to approach women and be like hey you're making a difference for me um but I had women approach me and say that to me and I was like this like you just explained I was like this feels so impactful like I feel so good that someone was brave enough to tell me that they like what I'm doing. And I, so when I reached out the first time to a creator that I was looking up to, I was shitting my pants. I was like, she's Mm. so like gorgeous. And like, she seems like she is like very self-aware and happy. And like, I'm weird. And like, I can't do this. (laughs) And then after I did it, she was like, oh my God, girl, I like, I love you. I watch all your videos. Like, you're so funny. And I was like, oh my God, you know who I am? Like, what? <laughs> and I, re- and like, when I put you in my story, Sarah Dickey was like, I love her. And I was like, we all love each other. This is beautiful. Like, this is so good. And, and even if we're not telling each other, or even if, you know, like we're not noticing who's watching the videos or what, like, I do see such a big shift in women showing up for women. And that makes me yes. to the little girls like me who maybe didn't have anyone, like, what if you didn't even have a mom to role model this to you, right? Or like, what if you, right now, um, all your friends are really thin and you're the only plus size girl in your teenage group. Like, I know those feelings. And just doing these videos and putting on our outfits and showing that we're eating throughout the day, right? Because I'm also someone who struggled with disordered eating. And so just Mm. seeing people my size fucking eating is so therapeutic for me. I'm like, right? it's such, it's get such lunch a small together. thing. It's yeah. So small, but it's so big. And so I think that people like you who are making this content, I, like you just explained in the moment, you don't even know what you're doing. You're doing it for you and you're trying to create community. And then you hear from women who are like, man, you're making a big difference for me. Which is, it's so interesting because like, if, if you, yeah, if you were to, if I were to find someone like myself and, um, said like oh like I'm I'm just gonna show someone eating food <laughs> on a daily basis in theory it sounds ridiculous right <laughs> and I guess in reality it's a little ridiculous as well and I have so many people who do say why is this even a thing like why is this necessary is because it was so stigma for so long for people of a certain body type to be able to first of all eat mm-hmm. <laughs> second of all eat publicly that's another thing I don't know how many times 
I've gone in my life and hid in my car to eat my food because I felt like I didn't deserve to eat it in public because I was going to be ashamed um, or I should be ashamed. And I was going to be shamed because I'm not thin. I didn't deserve to eat like, and I'm not even talking about like fast food. I'm talking about any food. Right. (laughs) And, um, for me that started in high school, I wouldn't eat lunch because I didn't want to sit in the cafeteria and eat in front of people. I wouldn't eat in front of my boyfriends. Um, the only people I would eat in front of it, what were my, um, like close, close best friends. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat lunch and I would literally go all day starving myself, um, walk home and then binge gorge because that's what I knew. Um, and that's what I felt was appropriate. And I think that that's so wrong that that's been what society expects from anyone who is not a thin you know, svelte person that that's just what's expected of them. So when you normalize eating food and it doesn't have to be any specific food, (laughs) just eating food normally throughout the day, that that is something that's helping people. It's because those people are looking at this and realizing that they were the teenagers who would go all day without eating and then go home and binge because that's what was expected of them. Or on their lunch break, they would hide in their car and eat because that's what was expected of them. So I think that that's that's why I'm doing it and why I'm continuing to do it. I feel like I lived a lot of those same instances. I almost never ate in public. As an adult woman, obviously I've eaten in public. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you that people look at me when I walk in restaurants, people look me up and down people look at my plate sometimes I remember being younger too it is kind of going back to starts at home right like uh I've had family members point out how much is on my plate yeah I've had family members be like seconds wow you're hungry like these things are so unkind and I hope that anyone listening to this who says those things to their children or to youth in their home or to any human but especially young people who are probably going to be too afraid to say something back and are just going to put the plate down. Right. Um, yep. shut up, please. And I mean that yes. with everything I have, because I didn't eat dessert for a long time at family functions because there was always the joke, like, Oh, of course you have room for dessert. Right. Angel. And like, that's not hmm. funny. Yeah. Of course no. I have room for dessert because dessert is fucking amazing. We always make room for dessert. I could be <laughs> so full that I might throw up, but if there's cheesecake, I'm getting into it. I'm getting in. I don't care. But like, as a kid, man, that was so hard to be like, I really want to get more lasagna, but I know everyone's going to look at me if I get up and go over there. Yeah. And Oh God, it's so wrong. My siblings are all significantly smaller than me. They just like, they are blessed with these like beautiful, tiny little frames. Um, mind you, that's hilarious that they still have so much insecurity because weight doesn't get rid of how much you don't like about yourself. Surprise. Guys. It's so true. Yes. Um, it's just another factor. <laughs> it's just a factor. Yeah. You lose all the weight. You still probably don't like yourself that much if you're not doing the work. So just take note, <laughs> but they would go up and eat as much as they wanted. And I noticed from a very young age that when I got up, there was jokes and I hate it. And at my house, you don't have to eat everything that's on your plate. You don't have to like foods. 
you do have to try. We have the rule, like try it. You know, you have to have a no, bite or two no. and see if you like it. No, but and I, I always it, tell my daughter, yes, try it. Yeah. Yeah. Try exactly. it. If you, don't, if you don't like it, that's okay. If you don't want to eat, that's okay. Because this whole weird thing that like children have to sit at a table until they're done, eat every bite no. on their plate, even if they don't <laughs> like the food. That's so weird. You're literally teaching people to eat when they're not hungry. Literally. Yes. Yeah. And then when they get older and bigger, you're going to be like, well, don't eat. But their whole life was based around making sure they eat everything. It's so weird. It's such a mind. It's so fun. backwards. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I'm doing as like a parent right now to kind of integrate a, like a different kind of approach to food as I'm trying to just, I don't know, let them make their own decisions a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Listen to themselves, listen to, you know, what their body's saying. And it's funny because my daughter is like the snack queen. She loves snacks. Like she would be fine if she just didn't eat three meals a day and she just snacked. Like she, like, you know what I mean? Like I get that though. Right. I was going to say kind of like me. Yeah. (laughs) I understand that. Like I could skip breakfast, lunch, and dinner if I could just snack all day. Yes. (laughs) Um, but it's funny because she's so snacky, but she's always like, I don't know what I want for a snack. Can you just get me something? And I'm trying to teach her to listen to her body and think about what she really wants um like what are you in the mood for what do you want we need to have and I'll give her I'll give her an option like you can have this 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 or this or I'll say it'll have to be a fruit or it has to be a vegetable pick whichever one you are in the mood for because for the longest time she was like can you just get me a snack and I would just give her a snack and she would eat it. But I think that it's important to teach them at a young age that your body will tell you what you want oh. um, if you listen to it. Um, because as an adult, I'm still learning that. Like I'm still learning what it is to actually listen to what I need and want and not eat what I'm being forced to eat as what society wants me to eat. Isn't that so, so interesting? that the way we mm-hmm. were raised, like we have no like intuition when it comes to food no. and like hunger. Like I sometimes don't, like, I don't even trust my hunger. Like if I'm hungry right? for a meal, I think to myself, like, there's no way you're Am hungry. I? Right? Right? Yeah. And like, obviously yes. your body is like, yes, please more food. And I'm like, better not. And that's because yeah. I was always told like, no, you don't eat after a meal. It's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Like, like to just question yourself so much because that's all you've done your whole life is question everything. Right. Yeah. And so, like this whole like navigating body image thing, I feel like just teeters so much on parenting. Like we've touched on so many times here, but also it's just made harder because of mm-hmm. parenting, not because of children, but because no. of like being responsible for children. Yes. Because my experience in motherhood is that like, I am just kind of spent, right? Like in a lot of different areas, like I'm just burnt out a lot. Yes. And after like a whole day of like feeling other people's emotions and talking everyone off the edge of a breakdown about goldfish, I really yeah. don't have the energy to like put on something cute and make myself feel good, you know, or like, yeah, go out and and do something that makes me feel good. And body image is so mental healthy, right? Like if you, you could think you look good, 
but if you don't feel good on the inside and you don't feel good in your brain, it's not going to come through. Like, it's not going to matter if you're in a no. body or whatever. So no. I am always struggling with like balancing that with balancing time for me, time to work on me and like still maintaining what society thinks should be a good mom. Yes. And I also run into a lot of issue with family members and friends kind of like interjecting with their shit on my kids, right? Like, yes. Yeah. It's really tricky because we talked about like, it's very hard parents and like older people in our family who raised us, like they maybe don't have the greatest advice on this kind of stuff, especially like food or body image related, but like Mm -hmm. they're still giving it. (laughs) They're still putting it on there. Yes. So you feel that too? So I want to say like, have a conversation with you on like how you're navigating that. Maybe you could help me a little bit because I'm really struggling on how Honestly, it's so hard. (laughs) So hard. Because you want to still respect um, to an extent, I'm sure, um, your family who are making these comments or whatever (laughs) it is onto your children. But at the end of the day, you know, you are the parent. Um, I think that with the whole situation with COVID, it's been a little bit easier for that because I haven't seen as much of my extended family as often as I normally would for the last year. So, and my daughter is in her prime right now, you know, she's like sucking in everything like a sponge. So I feel like I've had the benefit of being able to be, and my husband as well, of course, that we've been able to, you know, raise her how we want to raise her. And she's been doing fantastic. Like she's four. So she has sass, she's got an attitude and she has her moments, but at the end of the day, she's a really good kid with a really, really big heart. And she thinks she's the bell of the ball. <laughs> and I don't want that to ever stop. Right. Like, That's she, amazing. <laughs> she loves herself so much. And I love that she loves herself so much. And I don't want that to ever stop or that light to ever dull. So I think that going back into the real world where we'll, we are going to have to navigate and deal with, you know, extended family members and, you know, our friends that have kids and their opinion. I think the most important thing that we need to remember is that we just need to advocate for our children. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're the, we're the ones that are going to be their biggest cheerleaders. I will always stick up for my daughter. And if there's ever a situation where I myself would have felt um, uncomfortable in as a child, and she's going to be in that scenario and I'm witnessing it, I'm going to remove her from that situation. (laughs) Well, really right. quickly because <laughs> it's our responsibility right to like it is. protect yep. this this baby I like people often said about my kids like oh you're such a big girl like my kids are not abnormally large just for reference they're very average size children yeah but it was always yeah. like even if they were it's still so inappropriate if they were larger or smaller but it's just like oh such a big girl you're big yeah. oh chubby look at those big chubby cheeks and like, I, yeah, I hated that as a kid growing up. Right. That was my and least like, favorite thing. Charlotte, my middle, she who is the same age as your daughter, has mm-hmm. vocalized before. Like, I'm not chubby. If a family member has like pinched her cheeks or something, she's been like, I'm not a big girl. Yeah. I'm a little girl. And so I thought, wow, look at her. Like, literally, like, 
advocating for herself in this moment, like refusing to hear that kind of stuff. And I think that it kind of speaks to maybe the way I parent at home and how like we don't talk about ourselves like that. Yeah. And I think also when it comes to those kind of, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to navigate when they're so little, but I think taking away any stigma that comes along with those kind of words as well, like being big, being small, being tall, being thin, being fat, being short. Like, I feel like when we take away any kind of stigma that goes with those words, it'll be easier for us to, to, you know, not just love ourselves, but be, for our children to be able to grow up in a world where saying someone is chubby or saying someone is fat isn't an insult anymore. It's literally a descriptive term. And I know that it's going to take a really long time for that to be normal (laughs) and for that to be okay and to be accepted. Um, But I feel like the more we push for that stigma to be taken away from those words, the better it'll be for those, like our little generation that we're raising because that's what that's what we think in our head when I think big when I think chubby when I think fat like we were we were we were raised that those were negative insulting words right right whereas in reality they're literally descriptive terms would you feel offended if someone said you're small or you're thin right or you're svelte no it's because they put that negative impact on those words yeah society and the media Yes, exactly. Totally. Um, And I think that that's going to be a lot better is, you know, when I say things like my neighbor the other day, she was like, we, I don't even know what we were talking about. Um, She's so nice and we get along really well. And she's probably in her late forties, early fifties. No, maybe early fifties, I'd say. And she, we were talking and then I was just like, I, I, I said, I'm fat, but I didn't say it negatively in a negative term. I just said, yeah, because, um, because like, not even jokingly, I just said it so casually, like I normally do, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Like in my TikTok videos and she's like, oh no, no. She's like, don't say that. Like, you're not fat. You're beautiful. And I was like, it's okay, Karen. Her name's Karen, but she's not a Karen. <laughs> we always joke about that. Um, and I was like, it's okay, Karen. And I'm like, I am that, but you know, thank you for calling me beautiful. It's not a bad thing. And she's like, right. oh, and the look on her face was just like, oh, like she didn't understand. She was like, what? <laughs> because I, Wait a minute. I was complimenting that, you. Yeah. That generation doesn't know any better. And realistically, we don't even know any better right. because that's just what we've learned our whole lives. Um, yeah. But I just, I, I just want to take that, that little bit of a, you know, like kind of like a fuck you <laughs> to, <Right. laughs> to the media saying, saying fat's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's okay to be fat and to exist and to use that word. And it's not a negative word. <laughs> right. And yes. let's just please normalize that you can be fat and beautiful at the same time. I hate mm. that. And like, I love that your neighbor is like a kind person. You knew it was coming from a good place because so often it's not coming from a good place. Right. But people think that that's a compliment and it is very much so not. And it's okay Mm -hmm. to be self-aware about being fat. Like it's okay to be like, oh yeah. You know, like I was, I'm, you know, big girl fat and people are always like, oh my God, why'd she say that? Yes. Yeah. It's because I own a mirror. I I know. I think a lot of it's, 
I think a lot of the time it's because that's just what they know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, and I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever take it when I get those kind of compliment, like comments on my videos and stuff. Cause I get a lot of them and I get them nonstop. Like, and I, I do appreciate them giving me the compliment, you know, complimenting my looks like that is very kind of them, but I don't think they're ever saying it in a hurtful manner. I just think that they really do think that I'm saying fat in a negative term, even though I I've stated so many times, so many times that this is a safe space and fat's not a bad word. Like it's okay. I feel like a broken record. I'm like, I don't know how many times I have to say it. I literally, I literally hashtag fat positive on every single one of my what I eat in a day videos but they don't it doesn't it doesn't click so it's falling on deaf uh, ears maybe <laughs> I think I think that might be the case and but I never ever look at it as them insulting me or like like intentionally insulting me I just think that they they genuinely think it's a bad word and right. and yeah. I, I think we need more people to be okay with using it in their everyday um <laughs> um lingo and and not being ashamed by it because also there's so many people who are just assholes and I hope that all of you go follow Zoe on TikTok and Instagram after this <laughs> because I want to talk about how she's been handling trolls and just people who show up just to be rude for literally no reason to a stranger <laughs> um it's always baffled me that people will just get online and go to some random person they don't know and just insult them like crazy yeah. insults that make no sense and and sometimes they do <laughs> try to word it like like they're helping you out right because they'll like play like the health card like girl <laughs> watch your watch yes. your carbs but great job and you're like that's still fucking rude thanks like please leave <laughs> unless you're my doctor and yeah. Zoe took it upon herself to be very creative and very funny and I would like you to tell the people what you do when you get those comments because <laughs> it's killing me um I don't know I do a couple different things um I definitely like to um draw attention to them once in a while but I definitely don't draw attention to every single one of them because if I did that would just be so exhausting that'd be your whole and life giving, <laughs> and giving them what they want too right at the end of the day which is attention um but yeah so I, <laughs> I saw this trend I don't even know where it started um but it's it's a trend of replying to your hate comments agreeing with them um, and the concept of it is so simple where you literally just take a hate comment and you agree with them in a reply. But the reality is when you do that, <laughs> you realize um, just how ridiculous their comment is in the first place. Oh my God. And I feel like I just kind of went with it and I kind of went past it. <laughs> to the just took it all the way home <laughs> all the way home like not just agreeing but I am their number one supporter and oh. now they and and I I literally it's so funny because when I do these videos I obviously have to make the comments right it's not like I'm seeing these comments for the first time yeah. but there's something about when you're actually verbalizing <laughs> verbalizing what you wrote how absolutely ridiculous it sounds oh my god so so when I do film these videos after replying to these comments and I've I've already replied to them so I already know what I'm gonna say but there's something about actually saying the words that I wrote 
that I literally, I sometimes can't even get it out. I'm laughing so hard because it sounds so ridiculous. Yeah, guys, the videos are her reading back the comment, like interaction and cackling. Like she can hardly get the words out and it's amazing. And I think that I love, like, I love a woman just taking the power back. And that's what you do with this, right? You're, you're saying like, yeah, you want to like call me fat and try to hurt my feelings. I'm going to agree with you. And I'm going to become, I'm going to like start a fan club for you and all of your knowledge and all of your wisdom. And I'm going to open up my platform so everyone can see how amazing you are. And today is your moment. You're welcome. And it's so amazing. It's such a smart way to handle mean comments instead of letting them consume you, instead of thinking about them all day. You just highlighted how stupid it is to say something like that to a stranger. And it's, I didn't even know you were funny, dude. I, I didn't know you were funny. And I watched those videos. I'm like, oh, she's funny too. Of course she is. This is amazing. And so I'm so grateful for your sense of humor and you just like putting it out there like that, because it makes me, I don't get a lot of those comments yet on my social media because I haven't fully like embraced my plus size body yet in that on those like forums that I haven't like stood up in a dress often and they don't have a lot mm-hmm. to kind of gauge I know the moment I do they're coming and now I know exactly <laughs> how I'm going to handle them good so thank you and anyone who's listening if you're running into that on your social media and people are being rude to you go watch Zoe's videos and recreate them with your comments and I Please think it's going to be therapeutic <laughs> Yeah, literally it's you're gonna feel so much better than you've ever felt in a long time oh my god it's amazing I'm so grateful for you I'm so grateful that you talked to me today I oh, feel thank you for having me I feel so much better about a lot of things I find so much comfort in like hearing from people who've kind of went through similar stuff as me and that's kind of the whole premise of this podcast is just you know elevating women's voices and hearing from people who go through the same kind of shit as me, but we maybe never talked about before, right? Yes, yes. And likewise, like, I feel like these kind of conversations are um, so private and taboo when, you know, in reality, I feel like this is the kind of conversation that you would have in private with your best girlfriend or with your mom or your sister. But I think that when we vocalize it and make it public, it takes away any kind of stigma against it. You know, that we can talk about things like our bodies and mental health and parenting and motherhood and like all of that stuff is okay to talk about publicly and I think we need to start talking about it more (laughs) right I think so too like I think you're going to come back soon and we're going to talk about more about this because I feel like there wasn't even enough time to say all the stuff we could probably say no we could talk for days (laughs) right so yeah thank you so much guys all of her info is going to be in the box below please go give her a follow comment tell her where you found her (laughs) and yeah dude I'm so stoked to get to know you more and I'm so excited to see all of your future content you make me laugh you keep things light you also share really important information and you're just like being you and you're Mm -hmm. like letting that be enough and it's really important so thank you so much well thank you Angel it was awesome being on here (laughs) okay take care you too see you bye bye